Hello, Foodie Dashi listeners. In this clip from our Patreon episode, we discuss many of the elements that make up mystery plots, how they work on a gameplay and not just a narrative level, as well as the effect these elements have on creating compelling characters. If you want to hear more, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash foodiedashi, where you can sign up for our bonus episodes. If you contribute at an elevated level, you can also gain access to our Discord server and to drafts and advanced copies of our writing projects. Regardless of what you choose, we're glad you're here and hope you stay for more. When we say all games are a mystery in some sense, I would say yes, right? In, in a way, in that... Yeah, yes, games, but with like a giant question mark. Yes, but with a giant <laughs> question mark, right? In that yeah. all games use elements, right, of the literary technique of, of dramatic irony, inference, and mystery, even within their mechanics. It's not yeah. just in the narrative that we've yeah. pointed out in the previous episode, but actually in the mechanical level and the systemic level. Yeah. And I think that's something that is a little bit harder to see because of the fact that, like, you know, mystery plots, you know, they're they're literary in origin, although they were adapted to film as well. But because they are so closely tied to narrative, it's not always easy to see those sort of gameplay elements, the like the mechanics, the systems that in many ways kind of take a mystery structure as their assumption. And I really like the fact that you highlight sort of dealing with this problem of like, you know, dominant strategies, because, you know, the from software approach to this is like, it's clear how you have to do something. The question is, can you execute it? And that, that has sort of always been their approach. It's like, you know, these are mechanically challenging encounters, but they're not complete. Like you don't have to figure them out. Whereas if you're thinking about say like, you know, games that are roguelikes, oftentimes you have to figure things out on the fly. And the reason for that is because they're procedurally generated. They're not going to be the same each time. If you're playing Spelunky, like that cave is going to be a little different than it was the previous time. And so you may have to adapt as you go forward. Again, that is sort of adapting, you know, engaging in a decisive behavior based upon, you know, changing events. You don't necessarily always know what the level is going to look like and you have to be sort of aware of how that's going to play out. Right. But adaptability is a lot different, right? I think yeah. than, than deduction, right? Yes. Because a deduction implies a constance, right? And I think that's kind of why I was, I'm also bringing up dominant strategy design is that could you have, I mean, now this, this is outside the bounds of today's episode, <laughs> but some nice homework, I guess, in the middle for everybody <laughs> to think on is could you have a mystery, a procedurally generated mystery where each time you play the facts change, but the killer remains the same? Well, yeah, that would be Clue. You just you just reinvented Clue, but you keep. The... I love that I just reinvented Clue. <laughs> no, but I think the thing is, how the killer is also different in Clue. No, right? no, but what I'm saying is, if you held the killer constant, like there are other, like the other facts could then change. I think that's a little. I guess for me, that was like a little too like simple. I guess yeah. is that okay. like maybe. Well, a little no, thing, well then let's but, think about yeah. this because because it is important to also think about the answer to our question of are all games mysteries in a certain sense? Like we have said yes, but also the answer is no. Yeah, because there, there, yeah. <laughs> there are aspects of mystery that don't necessarily correspond perfectly to this sort of like generic structure of dramatic irony and doubt that we have come up with. You can have dramatic irony and it not be a murder mystery or even That's just true. a mystery, generally speaking. Um, Cause there are these other things like, you know, for example, it's, it's pretty common in mysteries that you'll have misdirection because the thing is, if you're going to have in the classic, like 
murder mystery trope, if you're going to have this grand denouement, you can't have the the denouement be obvious <laughs> from the from the get go, or at least you don't necessarily want it to be obvious. So you may want to sort of tease your your viewer or your listener or your player in in the case of games by sort of like leading them to believe that they know what is going on. So like pushing them in a particular direction using this imperfect knowledge, dramatic irony, inference, and so forth. But then later subverting that by sort of like, re- and that's why I noted earlier that oftentimes mysteries like recast their own narratives. They revise them at the end because the idea is like, you thought you knew what all of these things meant as you, you were going along. But now let me, the great detective, explain to you what they actually mean. And so like that misdirection is then very important at the beginning. Yeah, and that's definitely in the glass onion example is a is a huge example of how that works. Where the I mean the misdirection, I think the impl like, oh my gosh, the implication is the wrong word. The execution, the implementation. I have no idea what I was going to say. But the execution, <laughs> the direction that like of the director, right, and of the writer, of the, of the cast, plays into the misdirection kind of so well. Right. And I think another detective movie I just watched, The Pale Blue Eye on Netflix. Very good. I also watched it. It's very good. It's very good. And I think that the dialogue and the the tells and the casting and the scenes, the camera cuts between the characters, the emphasis on the face or the vocalization, the, the true like level of acting throughout it, only at the end highlighted where they were misdirecting you in yeah. hindsight. So I think it's that level of when I brought up like, can you have a procedural mystery is, I mean, there are so many procedural mystery games out there that like, I think the answer is yes. But for me, it was more about, could you have like a glass onion feel and employ the same elements of misdirection of a good mystery if the killer maybe you don't the killer's not constant but like the killer did change or the other things changed right would it still feel like a mystery or would it feel more like a point and click like you know i just have to put the pieces together like where is it a mystery versus where is it a puzzle yeah right and i i think that that's that's kind of where i'm you know that's where we for me when i lean on the no spectrum it's less about is this a mystery game or is this just a puzzle game well, because I think a lot of people, it's it's since we are talking about mystery plots, um, it's easy to sort of get completely absorbed in sort of narrative structures as sort of like the defining element of really what sort of constitutes a mystery narrative. But also, if you look historically at like detective fiction and things that are sort of categorized as mystery, there is a really important emphasis on like people and characterization and their relationships. In other words... So if you think about, you know, a classical, if you think about a crime, what are the things that people want to identify about a crime? They not only want to identify who did it, but they also want to identify what their motivation for doing it was, how they, so again, we're, we're back I, to I, I am only, I, I am unfortunately laughing because this whole time we've been talking about murder. Murder. I want everyone to know that murder is a crime. Yeah. yeah. By the <laughs> way, murder is a crime. Just to you're like yeah well, when we look at crimes i'm like like murder murder <laughs> um yeah, well because like, like in in, no, in our previous episode, please continue it was just when we talked about pentiment one of the things that i forgot to note was the fact that like the third crime isn't a murder per se it's an assault 
And also there are other crimes that aren't necessarily like, you know, violent in nature in Pentiment. Anyway, so the point is like you want to not only so like if you're thinking about it purely in terms of like plot structure, it meant that emphasizes like the who done it aspect and the how done it aspect. But when we're talking about characterization, that's where you really need to get into the question of motivation. And like, and so then there is this issue of in a mystery, you want to know why someone is doing something, which also then implies that you need to kind of know more about who they are as a person. And that's the thing that Pentiment really latches onto is the knowing about who people are, their motivations, their personal histories, and so forth. 